Welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Youth Radio Podcast, where we discuss all things related to the life growing up as an Asian and Pacific Islander American. I'm your host, Jocelyn Thong. Our special guests joining us today are Johnny and Solomon Chang. Johnny is a recording artist and a musical producer that started his career with roots in spoken word poetry. And Solomon is a screenwriter and filmmaker that studies these very skills at the very famous UCLA. Together, they are the creative duo known as Two Chang. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Solomon. Welcome to the show today, guys. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having us. I'm, I'm great. Thanks so much for having us. Um, it's really important um, that y'all are doing this this radio show as well. So just very honored and very grateful to be here right now. Yeah, no, honestly, thank you guys for showing up. Uh, we don't get a lot of musical artists, so it's really always cool to talk to more musical artists about all this stuff. Um, so uh, let's start with the most basic thing I have to bring up, Tu Chang, that name. Uh, I don't want to assume but it sounds very eerily similar to, I don't want to say it. <laughs> to a famous, to, to iconic a famous, artist yes, in yes. Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. When I saw that name, I like double took. I was like, Tu Chang, right? Wait, no. Is it Tu? Oh, I was like, are we, are we interviewing Tu Chang? We have Tu Chang's on the show. <laughs> Tu Chang's on the show. We definitely have that. Um, so I, other than that, now that that's cleared up, I do have to ask you guys. So when you guys created this uh, duo, this dream team, how did this... How did this come together? And has working together helped you guys widen the horizon of what's possible in your respective art forms? Yes, of course. Um, I think we've always been a dream team. I mean, we, we grew up in the same. We shared a room growing up. So we had always been doing a lot of stuff together. We were creating, running around the house, going crazy, making our own baseball and basketball fake leagues and making music all around the house. And um yeah, I think that as the younger brother, I looked up a lot to my older brother and wanted to do everything that he was doing. I learned a lot about how to live in this world just by watching him. And when he took up spoken word poetry in high school and I saw him on stage just t- telling our stories in front of crowds and being very vulnerable and very honest, I was like, oh, I want to do something like that as well. Um, and my my path led me down to visual storytelling and writing and going through film. And along the way, um, Kuya, I call him Kuya, my older brother, Johnny Chang, oh, yeah. has been <laughs> dropping music. And I always just think that every word he says is our experience and it's for it's for us and it's for me. And it really helps me a lot when I'm writing. But yeah, do you have anything else to say to that? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to tear up uh, uh, because it's been a long time coming. I think certainly, you know, we grew up in the same household, like Saul was saying, and um, certainly growing up um, in a household like that, uh, we didn't have the greatest relationship growing up. And and I definitely take ownership over that as well. I feel like I was kind of in that dynamic of, you know, the first child. and And so it was kind of like, who are we to each other? How does the family see us? Um, and, and and my mom would always remind us, like, you you always will have your brother. Um, but I think that relationship was just like, it, w- it wasn't great until I actually moved out to college um, back in 2014. So um, after I moved to college, actually, that's when me and Saul actually really started to get serious about collaborating. Um, and it's funny, uh, Jasden, that you bring up um, Wink, wink, the the rapper that kind of inspired yeah. the name because we actually put a Z at the end when we first started creating music videos. 
um, <laughs> like really, really. So it was really on the nose. So it, um, it was almost two Changs. Exactly. Changs. Exactly. Got it. Okay, um, okay. And, and then we we actually had an epiphany. We went to Hawaii recently to visit the family, and we were like, Tu Chang sounds like really Asian too, because it's not it, like we don't use the plurals um, mm-hmm. in in like Mandarin, um, and and so we were also like, but then we were also like, you know, another connotation could be Tu Chang, like we're T O O Chang, we're like we're to ourselves now, and so that journey has been a lot about finding ourselves as well through the art. And so me and Saul actually started to really collaborate again back in 2017. We actually dropped um, about three videos um, in between 2017 and 2019. So just going out um, to places that we thought were beautiful. Like I remember our first video we shot at the Berkeley Marina back in the Bay Area where we're from. And we really like, not that we didn't take it seriously, but but we just hadn't put as much thought into that. Um, We just kind of went out and and wanted to shoot, you know, pretty things, wanted to film pretty things. Um, but this project felt um, deeper in that we've had a lot of deep conversations about the themes of the project and um, and also how we're kind of bringing it back to telling stories with this project. And I think that was something that has been, um, that has contributed to the, the heartbeat of this project as well, is that we've, we've used story as a framework to create the visual treatment for the music videos for sure yeah Yeah, it's such it's like it's a really interesting thing because i'm also a screenwriter and uh you guys might not know but i have a twin brother so but we're we both wanted to be screenwriters filmmakers yeah yeah solomon gets it yeah he gets it yeah so we're also in a way uh two thong in it or two thong it you know what i mean (laughs) um no i get what you mean it's very it's kind of liberating in a way to work with like someone you grew up with because they understand a lot of your creative uh, personality that's kind of grown up, you know, like you've, they've been with you, with you every step of the way, but it's, I've never like, I guess, visualized the concept of like, what if he didn't actually want to be a screener? What if just like Johnny, he wanted to do music, you know, then it's kind of a weird blend, not saying it's, that was probably the w- weird bad thing to say. It's a it's a unique okay. blend, you know, because mm-hmm. as, as I'm sure Solomon, as you study in school, like you're studying screenplays for like television and movie and stuff. So it's hard. It, it must be a weird transition to go from writing stuff for classes that's for a television or movie format to writing something for a music video that you that is poetry that your brother produced. So I I definitely see that you guys have worked together. In, in making that peaceful balance mm-hmm. where, you know, especially with uh, Johnny, I mean, I'm sure that when you originally probably thought about these spoken word poetry, so when you came out with them, I, I, I'm, could I assume that maybe you didn't uh, personally see at the moment a actual visual medium for it at the time until mm-hmm. you actually collaborated with Solomon and then you saw, whoa, this is like, I, I can think of all these possibilities of bringing what I said into a visual medium. That I'll, I'll answer first and then I'll, I'll pass it to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I completely agree with you. Um, and that's the, I think that's the beauty of this project too. And, and, and also relates to the art forms that we express through um, just in terms of how do we take our own stories back? And I think that's, again, like, uh, you know, going back to even school, like we're not taught our history. Um, and if we're taught our history, it's all only related to trauma. And that also is, you know, obviously for other you know, people of color as well that I met through, through the spoken word uh, community back home. But I think what spoken word really allowed me to do was to 
express myself in my in my fullness and to and to be brave in just like telling my own stories and also unpacking things that are difficult, things that are traumatic, um, things that are also related to to my own legacy and how I move in the world. Um, but all that to say too, like I feel like school never really privileged the creative kids um, and especially those of color. Um, and like, I think what poetry did for me was it allowed me to write stories and write poems and write words in order to to understand my experience and understand, you know, who I am or who I was, um, which like no history class could do for me growing up. Um, and the same kind of goes for just just me as a writer. And I'm pretty sure this goes for Solly, too, that that this truly is um, a passion project. And it feels very meta, too, because it's about our story. So it's like it hits very close to home already. Um, but it's like, we didn't have to make a, like, we're not getting graded on this at all. We're not having to submit this to a class. We're not submitting this to a professor. And so that kind of creative control, uh, maybe I didn't notice it then, but yeah, it's super, super empowering to kind of like look at it and say, wow, I created this. And then for Solomon then to kind of translate it into, into what a visual treatment looks like. He, he took, like we talked last week, like we, he took every emotion feeling theme that I wanted to bring out in this project. And he was like, put it on screen. Let's, let's now visualize. And I think also like, that's why I love expressing through music too. Sorry. I'm, I'm kind of talking all over the place now, but <laughs> I feel like I love like, and, and I can speak to this in a second as well, but I feel like when I got to college, I, I really did transition like my main artistic medium from just poetry to like rap which is, I would say, another, I would argue, is, a, is another form of spoken word poetry and, and music. And, and we grew up in a very musical household. So I felt like just that creativity and allowing myself to just kind of fall into beat making and also how like sounds themselves create a certain visual or a certain feeling. Um, he, he captured it through all these like really deep conversations we had. I have a whole story too about like all these deep conversations we had, but I'll, I'll pass it to you as well. So I'll to kind of respond to that. Yeah. I love you, brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, he, in terms of taking it from the music and adding a visual component to it. Um, I remember that Kuya had shared the music with me about last April or May. And he never shares music with me before he drops it usually. So this was a treat for me. I was like, oh my God, he, he's sharing the music. Um, and during the time I was in a American television history class. And um, I, I really love the medium of television. And I love the storytelling power of like a commercial medium such as television. And um, I was really stoked to take the class and then I, when we were taking the class, um, there was, out of 20 classes, there was the one Asian lecture, you know, that, <laughs> that's like Bruce Lee in the Green Hornet, oh, skip man. 20 years, and then we're like at Margaret Cho, skip 20 years, and then we're at Fresh Off the Boat. And I think what I wanted to do with this project is when I heard all of them, I heard um, all of these different soundscapes that sounded like different genres um as well and i said but it's all coming from the same voice it's coming from such a familiar voice to me which is my brother and it's it's in um so i i just wanted to fill in the gaps um of what i was learning because we were in in class each week we were learning 
the best or what was the most popular shows in television in each decade and why those why those types of genres were killing it during that time, such as like Westerns in the 1960s or such as like um, prestige television in the 2010s. And what I wanted to do is reinsert ourselves into those genres as well and fill in the gaps that way, because when we're studying the types of genres that aren't um that we haven't been seen in it's usually whenever we show up we're some exotic type of creature to fear or you know some like super you know we're either the villain or somebody to bully and i said what would happen if we use the same narrative techniques that they're using to tell these westerns to tell these different types of television stories and use it reclaiming that power for us and that's that's how we came up with each episode kind of being based off of a different television genre and using those themes that they have in all of the genres to connect to the themes that my brother was talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I watched your I watched your guys music video and I especially liked uh, it was plants right the one that was about taking nostalgia back into your childhood i heard it in the beat i was like why don't i get a red show video game beat from this and then like <laughs> such the bright colors in the background of the of i'm assuming it was johnny's room growing up as a as a as a child and adolescent so i was like oh man this is killing it <laughs> you guys are killing it yeah no okay so solomon when you bring up the whole like narrative thing about how asian americans were seen back then in all those like forms of medium I, I've said this before with other uh, guests that also talked about that whole subject matter. And I'll say it again. We It is just so frustrating to be seen in that light, you know, with Asian men, like you said, either a villain or the comedic relief or the nerd or or with the uh, sometimes with Asian women, it's always of the exotic. What is it? Exotic woman that like is a forbidden fruit or something like mm-hmm. that. That always bothered me. So I I commend you guys for wanting to blow past those old stereotypes and not let them affect us or even be seen, you know, from here on out seen as it's AAPI heritage month and it's going to be, we're on the last legs of it, last weeks of it. Do you guys want to tell us a little bit more about your heritage, where you guys grew up from, how you guys were raised and how it grew up and affected you into becoming who you are and the career path you guys are setting yourselves towards? Sure. Um, I'll start first and, <laughs> and I'll have Solomon fill in anything I miss. Um, so uh, we are both Filipino, Chinese, Hawaiian. Our dad is from Hawaii Kai, which is um, a neighborhood on the southeast side of Oahu. Our dad is also predominantly Chinese and our mom is Filipina. She um, actually immigrated um, back in the 70s. Um, along with the rest of our family, or most of most of our family from the Philippines. And I have a lot of family <laughs> in Daly City uh, okay. on my mom's side. And I don't know if you know, but the, it's, it's a very Filipino <laughs> neighborhood. Um, it's obviously, you know, the Bay Area is getting gentrified left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still, you know, many uh, Filipino families, Filipinx families that are uh, still living there. Um, and then we had cousins that the first cousins that also grew up in Hercules, um, which is also another suburb in the Bay Area and not too far from Berkeley, California, where we were raised, um, specifically South Berkeley, California. And I'd like to name that as well, because um, we grew up in a neighborhood that was uh, predominantly people of color when we were growing up and uh, many immigrant families as well. And so, you know, we were raised very, very privileged as well. I would say class privilege wise, like or class-wise, like we were, we were privileged and, uh, and we also grew up in a very multicultural neighborhood. And so I think that neighborhood 
taught us many things. And, and, and you know, Jasmine, I know you kind of pointed to plant as well, just kind of capturing like the past. Um, and when I think about the past and I grow nostalgic, um, especially about South Berkeley, I think of all the beautiful times I had there and a lot of the stressful times living in that neighborhood <laughs> as well, um, whether that was, you know, being bullied or in the next, you know, like the next day going to the store with my friends and getting hot fries and then coming back to play, you know, NBA 2K1 or something like that. It was, it was just, it was kind of everything like, like that neighborhood really taught us about also what it meant to be, you know, kind of in between all of these identities. And, and, and so we were, I would say very blessed to be raised in that neighborhood, um, though it, you know, it was difficult to live in that neighborhood at times. It was also really beautiful to live in that neighborhood at times and felt like kind of like a piece of what you think of what the Bay Area is as well, like a very multicultural, multi-ethnic place that I think also we could argue is is also very segregated, but at the same time, um, very mixed in different parts. And so we grew up in a neighborhood that was like, that definitely taught us that. And also our 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 parents kind of come from a line of activists and, and our dad also, um, you know, I, I would say is a, a self-identified activist. Um, and so, you know, he raised us kind of on the values of love your neighbor, look out for folks that look like us, and also look out for folks who have who have also historically fought for us. Um, so thinking of, of black and brown folks um, who not only mentored us and, and were, you know, kind of in the realm of our family, like we could call them uncle, we could call them auntie, we can call them our big cousin, but also learning like ourselves through that, <laughs> learning like as an Asian American, how to exist in space and how we're, we are very positioned in such an awkward way in this specific society, (laughs) in this specific country to either, you know, choose the side of white supremacists or, you know, come off the fence and and join the fight for social justice um, in, in all the, in, you know, all the forms and, and, and fight for those who have been historically oppressed and silenced. And so, yeah, I think from, from a very early age, we learned like, what community was and that kind of fed into also like joining a spoken word community for for my own self but I'll let Saul speak to <laughs> that as well. Yeah, um to add to that I think that when Silicon Valley was really rising and there was rapid gentrification in my neighborhood in our neighborhood it was around the time that queer had left for college and I was growing up maybe in middle school and high school was when it was really growing when gentrification was really taking place. And I remember being very confused and very hurt because I know that a lot of my closest friends had to move out of our neighborhood. And as Asian Americans kind of in between this this binary of white and black, you know, we were, you know, we were getting bullied and stuff, but we also had enough money to stay in the neighborhood, whereas some of our friends could not stay in the neighborhood. So it, it there's a bunch, it's a very complex um, topic. I think we just got to see, I think, a common myth about Berkeley or Oakland or places that are very multicultural um, is that they're post-racial and um, meaning that nothing bad ever happens race-wise because <laughs> it's 25, 25, 25, 25. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's the case in uh, in our experience. I think we just realized race earlier um, and we, it became a bigger part of our lives faster. And, um, and a lot of our work, we keep that in mind because we can't forget it. We can't forget what we went through and we can't forget our experiences there. And yeah, uh, I was blessed to, like Kuya found spoken word, I found um, Kajikembo martial arts 
in our neighborhood, um, right in our right in the heart of our neighborhood, and it's a it's a mixed martial art that comes from Hawaii and mixes Chinese boxing, Japanese art forms, also Filipino scrimmage. All right, all right, damn. And that that was so I can uh, kick ass is what you're saying. (laughs) Yes, I can do some ass. But um, (laughs) um, also, what was very important about that is that was the one place in the neighborhood that I felt like I could be myself. And I felt like I was connected to our the roots, like our ancestors, because I think uh, growing up in a neighborhood that was so American in a sense of every <laughs> racial problem <laughs> in the world is happening within these 25 square blocks. Like, I think that like having that safe haven was something that allowed me to gain a lot of confidence and um, pursue creative um, paths because I was able to find power within myself. So yeah. shout out Kajikembo Martial Arts <laughs> as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and I think the the similar goes for me. I know now we're kind of reverse engineering time, but um, <laughs> I can remember um, growing up like these values that were instilled in us from an early age. I think like the first thing was baseball. Like I, I was really into baseball. And so I can remember when I was maybe 11 or 12, my dad had a friend that ran his own baseball team out in East Oakland, um, California. And um, it was a predominantly like black and Hispanic team, basically. And that was actually so different from like, I think the year before I played in this league that was pretty much all white and Asian. And like, it, it felt different though. And And I feel like what my parents were also instilling in us at an early age was like, you're not just playing sports, but you're learning how to work with people. You're, 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 you're learning the value of working as a team. You're learning the, the value of, of community. You're learning the value to, of, of empowerment. I think that's how I, you know, that's, that's where you get to express yourself. I think as a kid as well is, is on the, you know, is on the baseball field. And that, that was kind of my first, I feel like form of expressing myself or letting go or finding some relief or, you know, finding new friends and also, you know, creating community and also understanding the world and, and the Bay Area, too, as it's structured. And then in high school, I, I can remember my parents' voices just in the back of my head. They're just like, do anything. Like, do, like go out. Like, and, I, and we were really blessed to have that, too. Like, they were just like, go out, do anything. Like, go join clubs. <laughs> go join leadership. Like, just try it out. Like, see what you like. And so I was really happy. And, and I felt like that was a relief that I didn't have to fit myself into any type of box or I didn't have to study something or feel, feel passionate or too passionate about my studies or something <laughs> like that. Um, luckily, and, and, but, but all that to say, um, I actually met my, uh, another family friend or another son of a family friend named Obasi Davis. Um, you should check out his music. He goes by Bossy and he grew up in Oakland as well. We actually met through baseball, but when we got to uh, Berkeley high school, he was like, Hey, um, I'm starting the spoken word poetry club at the high school. Like wanted to see if you could help. Will you help? And I was like, uh, okay, maybe sure. And so I, I ended up like helping him. And I thought that was, that was the end of it. I, th- I thought I was just like gonna, you know, help him, you know, at the, at the club fair yeah. with the booth, get people to sign up, all that, all that. And move on and to your baseball turned, career or something like that. <laughs> move on to my baseball <laughs> career. And then I got cut from the freshman team. Oh, and then, but yeah, yeah. Michael Jordan. Hey, Michael Jordan got cut from his freshman team. Um, <laughs> anyways, but but what was amazing was what was kind of hidden behind all of that was this amazing like community 
similar to like how Saul found Kaji Kembo. And then there's also this really wonderful organization called Destiny Arts that works with young people on their own artistic and creative expression. Like Youth Speaks became that for me. Like Youth Speaks became my after school workshop that I would go with the homies to. Like it would be just five of us and we roll every Tuesday to like the Berkeley Y and that's where the workshop was happening. And I just started writing and it felt like such a, just a release. Like it felt like I could, I could be somewhere after school and also be with with friends um, and learn their stories as well. And so I think that I think there's a question, too, about just like what spoken word is. Um, I don't know if I answered that yet, but, you know, spoken word is is a is a performance poetry art form. And so it's not just about, you know, you kind of retelling your own personal lived experiences and kind of recognizing your own power. But it's also about finding your voice. It's also about getting on the mic and spitting. That's that's kind of uh, if you've heard that before, like just uh that's like the the verb or the I've action. Heard they spitting use. bars, yeah, I've heard that term. Yeah, spitting bars, spitting yeah, exactly. Bars, so, so, and you know, rap and poetry, they they they're cousins, and and so I remember like the first time I got up on a mic, I was super scared. So it, it, it like it kind of just made me like realize though that I that I could do it <laughs> and that that I could get over the stage fright, that I could perform while also telling like my personal stories about like my own culture, my own family. Trying to, I remember my first like poem was about like. The, the Brooklyn train or sorry, the subway system in New York and riding to different stops and what they meant for me. And that also kind of led me to um, a scholarship program at the University of Wisconsin. That's really rare. It's a hip hop arts scholarship program actually called called First Wave a full tuition scholarship program. They admit students on the basis of their three pillars, arts, academics and, and activism. And so me and Obasi ended up going to school together. And that's when I started to uh, make music and started translating the poems into rhymes. So. OK. Anyways, that was a lot. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I think it goes without saying that we do have to talk about the things that you two both created together. So obviously, let's bring up the the big thing that we're all here for right now, your debut project, The Weather Inside. You guys want to talk about that just a little bit? Yes. Let the people know what they're what, what to look out for. Yes. What's it about? So The Weather Inside is a five-part music video series exploring themes of identity, growing pains, mental health through our Asian American lens, our specific Asian American lens. Each episode is based off a different um, television genre, and it builds upon the next to create a full narrative of my brother Johnny Chang and his journey towards self-love and self-acceptance in a country like America, in a country like America. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, (laughs) you're right. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. yes, so the the um, episodes will be dropping once a week as our own television series on the Tu Chang YouTube channel, Tu C-H-A-N-G. And yeah, we can't no wait space. for- No space. No, no space. No space in between, guys. No space. The number two, C-H-A-N-G. <laughs> and we can't wait for it to get out into the world. Um, yeah, and the, the EP is actually- um, on all streaming platforms uh, as of today. So next Thursday we drop episode one, and um, yeah, it's been a wild ride, but but we're here and we made it. And I think that everything feels really meta because when we first started talking about this project as well, I remember talking to Saul and I was like, let's just do one or two videos. Like again, let's just you know, let's yeah. just kind of not half-ass it, but just you know, like like I didn't, I wasn't looking at the worth of it and. And so Saul has really, as we've had these conversations about the project itself and about each episode and how it represents 
you know, certain feelings and emotions that have come up or, or Jazden kind of like what I've been talking about, about spoken word, like that last, um, that last song game, it feels like a spoken word piece. I'm in a theater, uh, in the music video. And I'm also talking about the duality of being Asian American, the privileges that come with being it. And, and also, um, where we've been oppressed in certain like intersections of life. And so it's definitely an exploration of that. Um, the weather inside that that's what it means. It's, it's me basically, yes. this is going to sound disgusting, but it's like me turning my brain inside out <laughs> and just letting yeah. you kind of just understand from a really honest perspective, like what I've been feeling like the last three years. And especially because since the pandemic has dropped, um, it's been, yeah. um, it's been that type of thing but you can find me on all streaming platforms uh j-o-n-n-y-c-h-a-n-g also a, a one worder there um so i'm on spotify i'm on apple music i'm on title and then yeah uh dropping it on youtube in the coming weeks uh for aapi heritage month do you guys have any more future projects in the works i, I know that you guys are still working on the weather inside but come on come on for the aapi community we all got more ambitions than we're letting on of course of course yeah from here i mean i'm working on my feature screenplays and my television pilots right now and i think with the weather inside with the scripts i'm writing with the future music that kuya has coming that johnny chang has coming out all of it comes down to the same goals which is to tell our stories in beauty and in full truth and empower the next generation of kids who look like us, kids from the Bay Area, kids from Asian American and Pacific Islander backgrounds to tell their stories as well, because I believe that we're going to need a big wave of us to come and everybody has a story to tell. And I think if there's anything that we both learned from just growing up is that it's so powerful when you could put it down on the page and see it back and see yourself on screen. And that's what we're hoping with all of the work that we have coming out. Um, that's what we're hoping. Sounds good. And I'll try to, I'll try to wrap up really quick too. Um, but let's see, I, so personally, I will say I've been working a lot on the weather inside. So that's kind of my goal is to just continue pushing it out and hoping that, um, again, like Saul was saying, as many, you know, Asian Americans and Asian American young people and young people of color can see it because, you know, I think that there's a lot of relatability in it, but it's also like, I, I would love, you know, if, if this if this inspires someone to, to find themselves, like we've won, like we've won there. Uh, yeah. and, and the same goes for like, if you watch the project and you feel like you want to make a beat or you want to learn more about lighting or you want to learn how to, how to shoot film, like that's certainly like, we have to be everywhere. Like Saul was saying, we can't just be on screen, but also behind the screen. And so that's really, that's really important to me that it at least impacts, you know, somebody in that way to just galvanize them to tell their own story or, you know, kind of pursue their passions in that way. Yeah. Um, I'm still making music, of course. I don't have anything new, new, new yet, but I'm still working on it. Um, I will say um, I do writing workshops. I facilitate writing workshops with um, a really good friend of mine, a really good mentor of mine named Ngazi Opara. I'm going to shout her out. She's been really amazing, but we work at this organization called Story Center. We have workshops for people of color only and also for queer and trans people of color only and those who uh, identify in the LGBTQ plus spectrum. So come come through if if um, if you identify as such. Uh, that is a free space for y'all to to write stories and poems and create art. And so that's, I think, one way I, I also want to contribute to kind of the forward thinking of, you know, what this project represents, but also like what I represent as a body. Okay. Hey, more power to both of you guys. Hell yeah, we're making strides. 
Uh, we could talk all day. Honestly, we could. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. Uh, we want to, again, thank our guests, John and Solomon, for joining us today. Do you guys want to let the audience know, everyone know where to find you guys? Yes, for sure. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Johnny Chang Music, J-O-N-N-Y-C-H-A-N-G dot music, or on YouTube at 2Chang, 2-C-H-A-N-G, or look up our project, The Weather Inside, um, T-H-E, The Weather Inside. Yeah, three <laughs> words, spaces in between, and it's coming out, it's coming out, yeah. I want to again thank our guests for joining us today, guys. Thanks so much, Jazin. Y'all are doing such important work. Uh, if you have any suggestions or future guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you guys. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Asian Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our AAPI community with a voice through media arts. If you would like to support our program and make a donation, please visit AsianVoicesRadio.com. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Jocelyn Fong. Please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices Radio show. Take care until then, everyone.